Right, they go. Campbell is up from fullback over halfway. Brings Spate back on the angle run. Henry Spate stepping. Spate delivering to McDermott. And it's a beautiful try to the Queensland Reds. Yes, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Reds Radio Podcast. Team Mitch here again. And this week I've got the St George Queensland Reds captain, Liam Wright. Liam, how's it going, mate? Good team, Mitch. Thanks for having me on. Mate, very good. Hang on, Liam, that sounds... Uh, I don't think I've called you Liam since uh, my first week at the QIU, yeah, mate. No, Wrongers. No one does. Uh, mate, where does that come from, mate? The, uh, the nickname, Wrongers. Mate, it's, um, there's no real good story to it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I started at Churchy in grade seven. Uh, they called me Righty for about a year and um, then just rocked up one day and they said it didn't work anymore. So they right, wrong, wrongers and... It's as simple as it gets, but it's, um, I kind of like it. I, yeah, when people call me Liam, I don't get, I'm not really used to it anymore. So yeah, it's, it's worked out well. Oh, very good, mate. Uh, I think we're nearly a month into isolation now, mate. How's that? How's that been for you? Yeah, it's been alright. Um, it's really different, uh, and you forget that you know we should be doing such normal things at the moment. Like it just feels like such, almost like our holiday time at the end of the year. Um, so it's it's been pretty weird. I've been lucky in a way that. Um, I live with a bunch of mates, so like I don't feel like I've been too isolated from people as such. And um, other than that, it's just it's getting a bit repetitive is the main thing. Like I'm not too bored. I've got some uni to do and um, training and stuff. It's just you know the same old structure every day. Just getting a bit weird. But I was about to say, with the roommates, has that been a a good thing? Do you think you know compared to say if you were living by yourself, having those roommates to get you through isolation, mate? Yeah, big time. I, I haven't lived alone in a long time. You know, I was bored over the last three years of school and so I just got accustomed to having people around the whole time. You know, always someone to throw the footy or talk with if you want and, um, you know, play some 2K and stuff. So um, straight from school, I went to college for two years. So, you know, same sort of concept, people around. And I've been living with the same um, two boys for the last three years and then um, we had another mate of ours where we move in with us this year. So it's been, yeah, really, really good and, yeah. Couldn't imagine doing isolation by myself right now. <laughs> Does it get a bit uh, a bit repetitive, mate? What have you guys been up to? Is the uh, TikTok getting a workout? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah Webby's well, um, TikTok famous. Yeah. Um, he's been missing the gym a bit, so he's been getting into his TikTok. Uh, we've got a bit of a gym set up in the garage as well, so um, we're doing some house training sessions in there, getting the boys back into it. Um, yeah, lots, lots of TikTok. Um, we played Monopoly the other day and... That didn't end too well, so um, we're looking for games and puzzles and stuff, but otherwise we just, um, you know, sit around, watch some TV every now and then and, you know, just do what guys do and like, just talk rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Mate, um, speaking of talking, you know, yourself and the leadership group, the coaches and a lot of the team staff at the Reds too, they've been calling and checking in uh, with everyone, mate, yourself included. You gave me a buzz the other day just to... Say good day and, and, and see how I was going, mate. Uh, look, tell us about that, I guess, and the mental health side and the importance of uh, everyone checking in on each other, mate. Yeah, it's been pretty big. Obviously, um, yeah, with, it's, it's a really weird, and like I was talking to you the other week, like, it's a different to being in the office and stuff where you're still going about your work by yourself and sort of thing. Like, we're so codependent on each other and rugby and like the fact that we see each other every day, relying on each other to do different roles in training or for you to rely on us mm. to do media stuff or us to rely on the coaches. for. So it's like it's a really codependent thing. And so when you actually go away from that for a bit, you realise how much you rely on all those people and 
Um, it can be a bit scary as well sometimes, like just completely ducking out of that that routine and that lifestyle so quickly. So it's been really good just to be able to do that, just to try and um, you know yeah catch up and create some normality and stuff, and uh, just make sure the boys and and the staff and everyone's just tracking all right because um, yeah it gets lonely in isolation mm. and. Mm. Um, so it's just good to have someone to chat to and vent to sometimes, and um, so it's been pretty important because, you know, tight group as well. Good bunch of guys coming through. You know, all the staffs really invested in it too. So just checking in on everyone and makes you realise that we'll get through it together. Mm. Mate, I've seen uh, you and a couple of the boys uh, a couple of Zoom sessions too, mate. Uh, how's that going? Yeah, good. We're getting better at it. Um, <laughs> you know, watching Thorny try and fiddle with the Zoom the first few times was. Um, pretty tough to do but I think even he's got the hang of it now so uh, yeah there's a few few meetings like that going on just trying to figure out more ways to stay connected and uh, sometimes just to, to catch up talk we had a good players one the other day which Youngie ran uh, mainly about all the you know um, pay discussions but it's good to just see everyone have a laugh and um, yeah catch up so it's not the ideal way to do it but it's yeah way better than nothing. No, for sure, mate. Now, of course, uh, you being a part of the leadership group, mate, you are the captain this year. Uh, mate, how how have you found the captaincy? Yeah, it was. Um, it's been a bit of a, a ride, really. Um, yeah. I sort of said probably a bit naively at the start of the year that you know that it wouldn't really change anything. Um, obviously, it has. Like, there's just a lot more responsibility that comes with it. Mm. Meetings, balancing interests of you know players, coaches, staff, managers. Mm. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it took, takes a bit of a toll on getting used to it and just trying to make it sort of a as yeah a bit of a routine as well. Mm. Um, you know, there's lots extra little meetings that you have to pop into and um, have your say in then compared to just being, um, you know, one of the cavalry last year. Mm. Um, it's mm. a responsibility I'm enjoying. Mm. Um, and I think I was sort of growing into it a bit more, especially in the last few games. Um, I haven't really had to... I've been captains of teams before, but not really where you've got... You know, there's actually an express influence you can have on the referee and stuff like that. So that's something I didn't really consider as well. And I, I thought in the last few games, I, you know, I talked to guys like Chapo at the ref's boss at, um, at Ballymore there and sort of just getting little ideas on how you can actually um, come across to the refs as a genuine person and then, you know, have your say heard. and mm. so Stuff like that I was really enjoying and thought I was getting a bit of a roll onto that into the mm. last few games. So... Uh, it's a bit weird that it's all shut down, but mm. I guess that puts new challenges to try and um, stay motivating and keep people interested mm. in what we're doing um, during this time, um, players included, because yeah, it gets um, yeah, it's sometimes hard to to keep going with it all. So it's mm. um, yeah, another little challenge in it. So it's been a mm. pretty whirlwind first year of captaincy, but um, yeah, it's it's good. Do you think sort of once? Uh I guess we resume to some normality, mate. Uh, you know, being the captain and, and what you've had to do throughout this, I guess, suspension of super and everything with the team and sort of leading by example to that extent. Do you reckon that would make you a better captain moving forward, mate? Yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah, I'd like to think so. Um, if I, you know, if we come out of this time without gaining some sort of insight and yeah. experience in that regard, it'd be a bit of a waste, so... Um, yeah, I'm definitely trying to find ways to keep, you know, keep reading stuff like that, yep. little insights there. Yep. Um, but yeah, just try and find ways to be engaged with the boys because, um, you know, they're the ones who put their trust in me to do the job, and so I want to just keep repaying that trust. And mm. um, yeah, hopefully when we come back, we're a really tight group, and mm. um, that's been really noticeable that 
you know, no one's sort of straying away from that. Um, and in fact, I think it can probably help us, you know, it goes back on that, um, you know, that set of values and foundations that we put together as a group at the start of the year. Mm. And um, I think our boys are doing a really good job of staying motivated and uh, training hard and stuff, which will probably make my job easier because it self-motivated athletes, um, mm. you know, less for me to incline. They can just do it themselves and mm. um, do it at a really high level. Mate, you spoke about the extra responsibilities that come with being the skipper. I know in the first couple of games, you know, dragging you to a press conference after a tough loss, mate, there's things that you have to do, but are there other things that you have enjoyed doing? You spoke about sort of, you know, maybe becoming a bit more sort of, you know, talkative with the refs. Are there other aspects which you didn't think at first you'd enjoy, but you have? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed getting to know, you know, some of the refs and, um, and you know, understand how they see the game because they are a big influence on the game now and they're human as well and so sometimes they have good games sometimes they have bad games um you know like had a good chat to rasta uh, me and thorny and we've been trying to catch up with all the rest before the games this year which has been cool you know we had a chat with rasta um over there before our game in christchurch that was awesome i remember watching him on the seventh circuit from when i was way younger <laughs> um you know been ref by yucko piper this year pretty cool as well as a yeah. You know, born in South Africa, like yeah. he's been around doing it all. Um, yeah, so stuff like that's been awesome. Um, even those press conferences and stuff, you you learn how to to, to deal with that, and yep. um, probably riding the wave of emotion as well. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, you don't feel like doing any of that it's, after a win. You don't feel like doing it because you want to be in the change room with the lads. <laughs> after a loss, you really don't feel like doing it. Because <laughs> it's, um, you know, you just <laughs> answer those tough questions, but. Um, yeah, it's just been interesting and especially, um, I think one of the parts that I've sort of started to enjoy is really trying to take input from, you know, like it doesn't always have to be my idea or my discussion, take input from a lot of people. Like, you know, we've got, um, G up there on the, on the GPS bibs and stuff and she's always got little inputs there and, um, then I can maybe take that to the table with, um, you know, with S&C and coaches and stuff and like so many people around putting so much effort in just try and take their little inputs and put it into different parts of the program so that's been pretty cool just getting to know more people on that sort of level and help out like that let's be fair i guess you know your appointment as skipper came as a surprise to some um can you take us back to last year and i guess how it all sort of came about and how you found out yeah um yeah i think it's um, probably fair to say it was a bit of a surprise um i think um, you know, most rugby pundits expected that it would go to Isaac. Um, it uh, the whole sort of process of it came about pretty quickly. Mm. We were down at a camp at the sunny coast. Um, where were we? Talavadra, I think. Sorry, Gold Coast. Gold Coast. That's yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah, um, and uh, yeah it, they just sort of said, like, in the next few days, we'll be sending out a, a survey. You sort of put people forward for who you think should be captain and that. Um, mm. And then from there, they'll go on a uh, choose a few people, sort of shortlist, do, mm. a, um, mm. do an interview process with, um, you know, sort of the big dogs of QRU. And um, yeah, so that just sort of wasn't even a thought, you know, the captaincy or anything. Yeah. And that came along, you know, you got boys whispering rumors everywhere <laughs> and whatever. And um, then there was a few of us, I think five of us that got sort of shortlisted for interviews and stuff. And um, yeah, it was pretty scary going into that interview, you know. Yeah. Um, I wore a 4X trucker cap and apparently that wasn't the best look going into the interview <laughs> or anything but um, you know learning experience again yeah 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 
And uh, yeah, then from that, it was, that was sort of like a Tuesday or Wednesday on the Thursday, you know, I called my parents that afternoon and just said, oh, you know, just sort of been shortlisted for this. And they're like, oh, yeah. that's cool. That's like yeah. such an honor to even be in that sort of group. And then I called him the next day after training. Thorny told me, yep. to come to his office, see him, um, <laughs> told me that they'd chosen. I thought it'd take, I, I thought it'd be sort of like an over Christmas, they'd dwell on it sort of thing. And, yep, yep, yep. Um, but yeah, found out the next day. The boys found out the day after that, which is the last day of preseason. So mm. it was awesome. You know, then we all got to break up and, mm. you know, finished a hard slog together, go have a drink and, mm. um, you know, sort of wore in and, over Christmas was really nice because I got home to my mum and dad and, yep. um, you know, they sort of actually let it sink in a bit that, you know, the huge honour it was and um, that it was going to be a responsibility in changing things and mm. um, require more action on certain parts. So, mm. um, yeah, it was a big process, but, um, yeah, one I thoroughly enjoyed. Mate, look, it's your third season at the Reds after making your Queensland debut in 2018. You mentioned it, mate. It is a very tight group, a very tight-knit squad, mate. As captain... What do you like about it? Um, I think one of the big things, and, um, you know, it's the same thing. A lot of us haven't been, I've only been at the, the one club, but you, you yeah. hear a lot of guys come in, um, Henry Spade, um, you know, Higgins, JP, yep. um, Rabs, mm. um, is that they come in and they genuinely believe there's no egos in this squad, mm. which is um, really promising to hear. Uh, you know, sometimes some environments you can have that and sort of, you know, really a rift mm. in, the, mm. in the playing room. And, mm. um, yeah, we've just got a really good group. There's, like, you know, very accountable to each other mm. more than anything. And so people just want to come in, you know, work hard, enjoy each other's company. Mm. There's no sort of, like, hierarchy or anything. You know, everyone's got that right to express themselves and mm. do whatever. And, um, you know, it's just made our group so much tighter. Enjoy that hard work. We've gone through some experiences, you know, some really tough losses, wins we've should have had but didn't and um, we're on the curve of learning from those so mm-hmm. again that just brings everyone closer and then without that you know the whole um, big dog mentality or, or anything like that everyone's just able to contribute and mm. um, it's a really fun locker room to be a part of mm. and mate uh, you know you touched on it too a lot of the guys too why it is such a tight group is you know a lot of the boys have played together for a while, be it, you know, Queensland under-20s, you've got the jersey there mm-hmm. behind you, mate, uh, school boys, NRC, some even high school, mate, you know, yourself included there at Churchy. Yeah. Um, of course, you were a part of that uh, that 2014 side there at Churchy, mate. Just remind us again who was in that team and, and why why it was so special and, and then I guess where they are now. Yeah, so it was, <laughs> um, it was a crazy year. We, we went undefeated that year, won the... The GPS championship, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, I think our average scoreline was something like 51 to 14 or 13 <laughs> or something. So um, it was a pretty convincing year. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't have to do a whole lot in that team. I, <laughs> I ran the line outs and I made myself get to most breakdowns. I uh, didn't, <laughs> didn't need to do much more than that. So, um, you know, we had guys like Callum Ponga, um, Brody Croft, Jaden Sewer. Zai Parisi, all in the league now. Mm. Um, Mac Mason's down there at the Tars. We had Harley Fox as well. He was with the Rebels for a bit. Mm. Um, you know, Scotty, myself. Mm. Um, like to make a point that Hocko wasn't in the team. <laughs> he couldn't make it our year. He had to wait till the next year. Um, you know, that often gets lost in translation. So, I'd like that's, to clear that out. That's good banter, mate. Um, Richie Asiata was in oh, yeah. Toronto um, in America. So, Jeez. Um, crazy team. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of guys have gone on from that. Um, 
yeah it's just awesome yeah um, yeah and so yeah a lot of those combinations they've gone through then played a club together come through the pathways and um for a few of us to end up there now it's um yeah incredible mate you're a pathway product through and through um of course you went on to make your wallabies debut last year mate uh, awesome stuff uh, just can you explain i guess or, or just tell us how special that was to make your debut in the green and gold mate yeah it was awesome um i think it was just more of a you know it didn't quite get the result of the night but it was more mm. um the sense of being able to share that with um mum and dad who were over yep um had about five mates fly over it was just awesome to have their um yep you know just sort of a culmination of a lot of hard work and that and um there's times where you question you go like oh you know feel like i'm missing all the you know the beers on the deck with you guys stuff like that yeah things you give up to try and achieve stuff like that so for it to all come together and um yeah just a culmination of a lot of hard work um you know i had a was pretty happy with my super season last year and yep um first sort of full one i, I was spent the year before that sort of behind george smith and just learning things from him so to be mm. able to show what i can do and mm. Mm. um get rewarded with that from check was um amazing so mm. um yeah, I sort of, when he announced it in the um, in the hotel, you know, I wasn't expecting it. We, the week before, yep. had that really good win in Perth. So I was sort of, you know, why would you change that winning factor? And um, So when he sort of read my name out, I was pretty shocked and then blacked out for like the rest of the <laughs> I don't know what happened after that. Um, and so, yeah, it was um, just, yeah, incredible. Not the result you want in your debut, but just just the venue and the atmosphere. Uh, you know, can you just tell us through that? Even standing arm and arm singing the national anthem, mate. How was that? Yeah, it was just so cool. It yeah. was um, sort of what you'd expect New Zealand rugby to be like. You know? Yeah, yeah. The whole stadium packed in black. Yeah. It was raining. <laughs> um, there was that whole you know hanging over the head the blood is low yeah um we'd had the good win the week before and so you know you've got half of them saying oh the all blacks always bounce back other half saying this is the year we can do it yeah yeah, uh, yeah. it was really promising because everyone in that team you know like i had slips come up to me during the week saying like you know how cool is it that you're going to debut on a blood is cup win so there was no doubt in anyone's mind what we were there to do yeah um didn't come off on the night but it was just you know being able to do the anthem um you know just get to watch half the game from such a close yeah. aspect, like just sitting on the edge there yeah the bench is electric as well like all the boys care so much about that jersey so they're you know getting into the game just on the side there yep you're warming up you've got the crowd going chat at you from there you know, especially when you're down in the score yeah. like yeah so it's um incredible experience um you know just the whole yeah that whole day yeah you know going back to the hotel not with the result we wanted but being able to see my parents and my friends mm. and share that and, mm. um yeah so it was just not quite ideal but mm. it was mm. pretty close to it that's a obviously an and a test match uh but is there a is there a reds match that's really memorable for you i know for me for you mate it was that uh last year in durban yeah, i think you got that pill for there in the last bit 15 years you know we we broke that uh that that drought in durban is that one yeah. of the most memorable for yeah, you? That's the one. That's the game I always think back to. Um, yeah. I just, I got, I think it was this time last year. I think yeah. I got memories on Facebook today. Yeah. Um, first time, all, all our families over in sort of Durban, Cape Town, um, and so all mum's sides in Durban, and yep. they pretty much all came down to the game. They got custom shirts made up with <laughs> number seven with Romers on the back. And, 
How good. Um, you know, my little cousin who I haven't, haven't met that many times, he was there wearing a shirt. Yeah, yeah. Um, got photos of me and Scotty with him there afterwards. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just sick. It was um, obviously the whole thing we hadn't won there in 15 years. Mm-hmm. Never played in front of my family there. Um, you know, played well and man and match performance, which yeah. you know, to sort of top it off with the last play of the game, get a pilfer or something mm-hmm. inside the whole time. <laughs> um, pilfer to sort of crush their chance of winning the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Jimmy spoke a lot during the week about sort of like um, best thing on tours is creating memories and stuff and like let's mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. No one's um, giving us a chance to really win this. Let's make a memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, one of the best rugby memories I've got. How good. Now, I'm going going to embarrass you here a bit, mate. Now, in Christchurch a couple of weeks back, after that, that tough loss against the Crusaders, mate, it was actually one of the Sky Sport uh, sideline commentators came up to me and she said that you were the, the most ever gracious and humble captain in defeat. Uh, mate, massive, massive raps there. Where does that come from for you, mate, to be able to, again, front the camera and speak like that after a tough loss, mate? Um, yeah, it was... Um, I don't know I don't, I don't think I said anything out of the ordinary for them to say that so it was nice of them um, it's more so just you know not wanting you know of, you know, there was a fair bit of flack given to our kickers after that game and, mm-hmm. um, I just sort of said to them you know like if you see the work our kickers put in then you'll know that that's not character charismatic of um, sort of the work they've put in that's not the result they wanted yeah and, um, yeah you know, I can't question their result when they're put in work like that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's really nice. Um, it probably just comes from a, a... it's I don't know, it's hard to say because you don't go around trying to no. sound gracious and humble. You just sort of say what you're um, going to say. But I guess it comes from a really level-headed um, upbringing from mum and dad. You know, they've always sort of said, you know, just grind away, do your work. Um, yep. And, uh, just, you know, I've got mates as well here who I live with who constantly <laughs> make sure I'm not getting too far ahead of myself. So yeah. um, I think that all applies, just having a really good sort of core around me um, with mum, dad, my sister. Yeah. And then, um, you know, they're not there in Sydney. So um, up here as well in Brisbane, you know, having mates that really care about me and make sure I don't get too far ahead of myself. But then also, um, you know, my biggest fans as well. So mm-hmm. um, it's probably just sort of a combination of that and then, yeah, mm. don't know how to explain that. Really. <laughs> did Did you ever get much feedback, or did you sort of approach you know guys like Samu or Higgers on their sort of captaincy before you, you know, before round one this year, mate? Uh, I spoke to Samu yep. um, a bit, you know, and, and guys like Slips um, yep. spoke a little bit to Higgers. Not so much about. Um, I haven't really checked up on a lot on like what to say afterwards. Yeah. Um, my, ma- my manager's on me quite a bit about sort of watching captain's interviews, like um, the, the Sia Khaleesi one after the World Cup win. Yeah. That was, um, you know, just incredible. But he really just spoke from the heart, I think, and yeah. what he was trying to do meant something to him. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, it, it has been suggested to go watch a few people and mm. um, stuff like that. But it's, I don't know, I think it just comes from more about being honest and yeah. um, I try and avoid too many cliches but it's hard not to sometimes yeah. questions can be a bit sort of they're poking at what they want and you're trying to yep. shield that away you know yep blade square straight bat um, <laughs> straight bat <laughs> um, so yeah no I haven't really done too much training around that or, or research in a way or yeah. 
um, I spoke more to Simon on that about what to expect, like yeah. responsibilities and yep. um, and just sort of how to cope with the whole thing. Mm, mm. Um, so yeah, it's probably just you know in a way it comes a bit naturally, just trying to mm. um, be honest and you know mm. a bit yeah. Mm. No, it's good, mate. Mate, uh, back end of last year, yourself, myself, and uh, Harry Wilson, mate, we went up to. Uh, Longreach and Bar Corden as part of the uh, Red Sea Regions uh, visit across Queensland, mate. Uh, I guess tell us about that and, and I guess how much it put things in perspective for yourself and also the playing group when we all came back heading into this season, mate. Yeah, it was awesome. Such a good experience. I love getting out west. Um, you know, I've got myself in a Cooper upstairs just in <laughs> case, you know, for all the country races and stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, a few of my best mates are from out sort of in the country and uh, we get out there as often as we can. So, um, but to sort of get that real life sort of glimpse into what they're doing out there is um, pretty tough. Yeah. Um, you know, we went to Dunraven. It hadn't rained there in about eight nine years. Mm, um, mm. It's just had a little boy. Mm. Um, he's pretty much running the whole show by himself. Paul Donnelly up there. Yeah. Um, so like, it's amazing what they went through. We had five of us up there. <laughs> got through two and a half k in five hours. So I don't know what the what the rate is but no. you know he then goes oh thanks guys whenever you feel like popping back up i've got yeah. another 25k just on this fence line and mm. you know, it's like they can't just stop and sit back and no. you know, even with this whole coronavirus thing like they haven't been able to stop they've just got to keep doing what they're doing like mm, mm. it's really tough out there and um yeah inspirational just such good people too we went to the pub and mm. everyone came down no matter like you know, they weren't all in the best places, but they all came down, wanted to share a laugh, mm. have a drink, and um, just really genuine people out there. Mm. Mate, would you call yourself the urban cowboy, mate? I've, you know, you've got the R.M. Williams sticker on the back oh, of the yeah. back of the Volkswagen Polo. Golf yeah. Polo. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the most pimped-out Polo in, uh, in the country, I think. <laughs> got 20 stickers on the back. Blythe's copied me with a little R.M. sticker as well on his Hilux. So, um, yeah. Definitely an urban cowboy. That Polo's done a fair too, few too many trips out to the country. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, mate, brilliant, brilliant. Well, look, mate, we will finish it with a uh, little thing i got going on, the Queensland Quickfire 10. So this is for your uh, for all your Queensland teammate, teammates. <clears throat> so, all right, first up, the most annoying player in the group. Harry Wilson, by far. Straight up? Yeah. Why? He just doesn't stop. He <laughs> just never stops. And, um, <laughs> It's just got away. He's like, it's just. He has a bit of chat. Yeah, he, he's, yeah, he's yeah. got some good chat. So you go at him, and then, but he just never shuts up. Even <laughs> on the field, yeah. not a huge talker on the field, but he's don't know how he does it. Yeah, mate. I have it. The most underrated player. Most underrated. Um, geez, that's a tough. I reckon probably uh, Angus Scott Young is yeah. one of them. Yeah. Um, He's got probably the sharpest shoulders in the squad. He's someone you definitely don't want to run near. Yeah. Um, gets a lot of the grind done, the hard work. It's more one of those people when he's not on the field, you really miss what he's bringing, um, if you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, does a lot of the tight, the grind, the, the hard stuff, and um, you know, probably doesn't get the recognition um, in terms of higher honours and stuff that he, I think he deserves. Mate, uh, the most skillful player in the group? Most skillful? Um, That'd be close. I'd say Harry Hawkins would be up there. The Hawk, a, yeah. a, a big fella. Yeah, he's got um, 
It's got a banana kick on them, like, like not too many others. Very, very good. Um, probably guys like uh, like Rabs as well. Yeah. You know, he's got all the skills down pat. Yeah. Just, yeah, he's got a few things to show off about and he's pretty good at it. On the flip side, who's the most uncoordinated? <laughs> <laughs> this one's not too much of a contest. That, that'd have to go to Blythe. <laughs> he's come a very long way. When he started, he was, um, you know, just a big bag of meat, um, yeah. just wide as shoulders and, um, you know, could barely catch a ball. But look at him now. He's, um, he's, yeah, he's come on heaps this year and last yeah. year. And, um, but I still think he takes that title. <laughs> I think Youngie actually said Blythe too. Yeah, yeah, it would be. <laughs> yeah, poor guy over in Perth. Oh, um, Mate, who's the hardest hitter in the group? Yeah, that'd be Youngie, Scott Young, yeah. or, um, or Hunter. I yeah, yeah. Or, or actually Chris Otier as well. Mm. Um, you know, he's, um, he's, I think he takes it easy on us in training sometimes, Chrissy, which is nice. Well. <laughs> but, um, you know, when he's... I've only seen him angry a few times. Yeah. I don't want to be around that. No. <laughs> what about the uh, hardest ball runner? Hardest ball runner? Um, Wilson's got a really great carry. Mm. Um, you know, the guys like Rodder as well mm. um, is not someone you want to be in front of too often. Mm. Um, based on power and just hard, though, Hunter can just run a line. Yeah. Run a line, and he's just thick and just like a little brick. Yeah, um, and also I think Michael Wood as well. When he comes back, he's yeah. he's a powerhouse. He's a unit. He's not someone you want to be stopped in front of, especially <laughs> with the weight he's carrying. <laughs> oh, Woody, mate, uh, who's the hardest opposition player you've played against? Um, pro- probably Sam Kane. Yeah, was, um, yeah, one of them. We played in the Chiefs last year, and um, yeah, he's ferocious. He's mm. really strong. Um, over the ball, um, tackles, mm. runs. Mm. Uh, you can see why he's, um, you know, the next All Blacks captain. And, mm. and um, yeah, he's um, was a really tough player. He's just um, he'd only just come back from his, um, you know, his neck injury too. Yeah, and he was just tough everywhere. Mm. Um, didn't give me an inch. Who thinks they're the funniest in the group? <laughs> <laughs> thinks or is? Thinks. The next question? Thinks. Um, Luke Khan would have to. He's a pretty funny dude, but um, you know, yeah, he's he's always got a joke to crack, and um, you know, trying to make someone laugh, and and even on those Zoom calls, he's changing his background the whole time <laughs> to photos of the boys, and um, yeah, definitely Khan, one so, of the funniest boys. So, would he be the funniest bloke in the group? Yeah, I reckon he'd, yeah? he'd be up there. He's um, he's always, <laughs> you know. Even quiet guys that want to get away with it, he makes sure he calls them out. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, makes everyone check up on themselves and not take themselves too seriously. So, <laughs> yeah, he's, he'd be the funniest in the group. Who's the best teammate? Best teammate? Um, geez, there's a few of them. Mm. All of them, I reckon. Um, <laughs> Sit on the fence, mate. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, would be. <clears throat> You know, guys like Bryce, who's a really good teammate, he's always um, you know looking out for you off the field and on the field, and yep. um, making sure everyone understands their role and stuff like that. He's really helpful. Yep. Um, yeah, I'd probably go Bryce. Yeah, yeah he's um, you know always looking out for people. Um, he's somehow one of the older guys in the squad, and he's only twenty six. Yeah, seven something like that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he takes on a bit of that looking after us role a lot of the time, and he's yeah. pretty good at it. Very good, mate. And last one, 
Who is your favourite all-time player? Favourite all-time player? Uh, remember, I grew up as a Springbok supporter. Mm, so, mm. Um, Skulkberger was always massive yeah, for me. Yeah. Um, I loved watching Victor Matfield mm. when, even though he was, you know, second rower and a lineout technician. Um, yeah. I think that's why I've always loved my lineouts and, yeah. you know, being a taller seven, it's something I can do and yeah, yeah, always yeah. just love because of him. Yeah. Uh, Heinrich Rousseau as well was a, um, not too well known, but just a little dude before the, um, before the rules sort of got changed where you had to release, you just couldn't get him off a ball. Yeah. Um, he was amazing. Should have had more Springbok caps. Yeah. Um, but George Smith is probably the go-to. The he's, goat. he's your goat. He's the goat. Yeah. Um, and being able to um, play under him and yeah. um, I dressed up as him for Mad Monday one time when <laughs> he was still here, so that was cool. Like, um, yeah, he's all time. Yeah. Mate, that's awesome. Well, Liam Wright, wrongers, mate, thank you for being on the Reds Radio Podcast, mate. Pleasure. Beautiful. Cheers, Tom.